This is Brian Medor from East Carolina University. You are listening to the Sports Objective, the official, unofficial podcast of the Pirates. Welcome into Avatar. Welcome in to the Sports Objective Podcast. Our Pirate Playback Pirates lose, unfortunately, 27-23. A heartbreaker to the Naval Academy, to the Midshipmen. I'm Dave Richmond, along with Kyle Barber. What's up, dude? Should be an asterisk besides that win for Navy, guys. Should be an asterisk beside it. Uh, we got screwed with with, with uh, false positive test on Holton, but it is what it is. Uh, proud of the boys. No doubt. Proud of him too. Bubba Rosenbaum, how are you, man? Doing well. Uh, it was a fun day in Greenville yesterday, obviously minus the outcome, um, but very encouraged with the direction the program is headed. It was a beautiful day for football and just uh, other, other, like I said, uh, coming out with the win, it was uh, a, lot, a lot of fun and uh, a sense of normalcy to be at Dowdy Fifthland watching some football in mid-October. Yeah, what I told you and your dad, Bubba, it, it didn't feel like we wasted our time. No, and this program, uh, for anybody that acts like this program is not heading the right direction, they don't need to be a pirate. They, You need to find another ball club. Um, we don't need the French fans. What we need is people that will stick behind this coaching staff, stick behind these players. We don't need negative uh, people. Uh, so uh, anybody – It's always fine to be critical, but if you're going to be critical, have a point. No, but I know what I'm saying is there's some people that want to be critical just to be critical – and uh, those days are over. So you can find a new ball club. What we need to do is have a people that support this. Um, uh, the, this guy right here, being Mike Houston, is a winner. He's won everywhere. And what I saw out of him yesterday after the post game showed me why I'm, we made the right decision and the hire of Mike Houston. You look at a guy that really cares about his players. You saw that yesterday. He said he was proud of the players. You look at the way that you know that he's coaching them up they showed to me that defense, guys. I will start on the defensive side of the ball. The defense played their mind out of their minds yesterday. Very proud of the defensive coordinator, Blake Harrell, and the defensive coaching staff. They really had those guys ready to play against. Uh, hey, if you if you think that we're heading the right direction, then uh, why don't we go back to the days that we're losing by 76, 66, 50. <laughs> um, you know, Coach Houston talked about yesterday that the Navy game. I can't remember exact words. I think he said the most humiliating loss, Bubba Kyle. Um, but yeah, uh, in his whole career. Yeah, and, and yeah, he did. He said after the game last last year was one of the most humiliating losses in his in his entire career. And uh he uh he definitely I think prides himself on uh on being a guy that's very familiar with the triple option. He ran it. Um when he was at Citadel, he ran it at Lenore Ryan. Um and so not being able to stop it last year I think kinda of tore his nerves up. And a much better effort yesterday from uh, from from the defensive staff with Blake Arrow and uh, Roy Tesh and the rest of the guys and the defense. You know, you could tell they were well prepared. What I saw yesterday was a football team that had a had a game plan, had a mission, and thought they were going to win that game. And I, I, you know, and this is not taking anything away from you know. And I know we're talking with the defense, but just just speaking broad broad spectrum, big strokes. 
just not taking anything away from, from Garcia. Let me make that clear. Uh, when when I say had we had Holton, we would have won that game. I'm not thinking Garcia shouldn't have been starting that game. He was put in a bad situation. He was not ready to start at the FBS level. Um, he didn't turn the ball over, which was a you know big, big, big plus yesterday on, on his part. Made a few nice runs. Didn't seem comfortable passing the ball. Um, I, uh, I I know these guys had 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 a great game plan. This, this game was circled, and they were prepared and ready and. You, you, you look at how fast we started. We were just shutting them down on defense and making plays and starting with short fields. And you, you just you just know the way we were able to run the ball so successfully and the way this passing game is predicated off the run. Had we had Aylers and we were able to run our full offense, we would have – not only do I think we would have won the game, I think we would have won the game by a couple touchdowns. I really do. The defense knew what they, they had prepared for Navy. They knew what they were going to do. I think um, I think one of the things, Bubba, that hurt us actually in the game late was knocking out their quarterback. I, I think when you when you knocked out their quarterback, part of his game is the pass game, and we kind of took their ability to pass away early when we picked them off and they just didn't have any success throwing it. So you took part of his, his, uh, his game away from him, and – he he was you know only moderately successful after that. When we knocked him out, that Tiger kid came in and he was a much better runner and uh, could get wide. And uh, I really I really think that hurt us um, in the uh, third and fourth quarter. Yeah, Tiger Goslin came in like you said. He didn't have any huge runs, but he he was getting four or five yards a pop. I think yeah. he finished with twenty five or thirty yards on seven carries, but. Um, to your point, as far as Morris, the starter, uh, he had nine carries for five yards. Exactly. So when you when you have to now take the, the quarterback a, a, a accountable as part of the run game, uh, you, that's another element you have to defend. Which you know we had taken that away, and and what what he had the abilities to do in pass games was passing. We kind of took that away early, and uh, so we had a great game plan. I. We should have won that game, guys. That 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 is that is it, it, that's one reason, you know. Despite besides Coach Houston being so proud of the way the kids fought and the way they fought back, he I, there was there was some frustration too. I think in that post game press conference, he knew we should have won the game. Raji Harris, who's you know freshman, talking after that game, and uh, you asked Raji about rushing for 170 yards or whatever it was, and. He said, it doesn't matter. We didn't win. And he said, I'd rather have to win. He said, we deserve to win that game. And um, he's right. I mean, we you don't you don't want to not take anything away from Navy, but we deserve to win that game. We we should have won that game yesterday. We should be riding high on a two game win streak in the American, sticking our chests out a little bit and you know, saying we've turned a corner. And um unfortunately, you can't control things. In this day and age with COVID, it is what it is. But I, I love the way they played yesterday. And what a star, man. I know Rozzy Harris is the last two weeks. And I know Navy's run defense is suspect. But it, that was the first time uh, Dave said uh, it was pointed out at some point yesterday post game, Bubba, that that was the first time since 2013 when Batavius Cooper was here that we had a running back go for back to back games of over 100 yards. Yeah, I can believe it. Um, yeah. Those 100, 172 yards are even more impressive. Um, 
given the point that you've already made um how the passing game with Mason Garcia um was what you probably thought it would be going in um or maybe not even quite um is is good you knew it'd be a work in progress um I mean a true freshman and he had had three snaps of college football experience in a, in a game so you knew it was going to be very much a work in progress with the passing game and that we we were going to be feeding Raji and and um and keep Mitchell, et cetera, the ball yesterday. And him running for 172 yards, um, despite the fact they knew that we couldn't throw the ball particularly well, that makes it even more impressive. No, it was it was it was unbelievable. The kid the kid's a stud and it just irks the hell out of me knowing that if we were able to had get our passing game going yesterday, um, the way Raji was running it, we'd have beat their ass. I'm telling you, you saw it with South Florida. Yes. And then, and then yesterday you saw the way we were able to run it. I'm telling you right now, you know, people, people can laugh at me if they want or not believe me, but I'm telling you right now, there will be a game this year and uh, where where somebody is going to have trouble stopping Raji and we're going to, we're going to start flinging the ball downfield because they're going to bring guys down in the box to to stop Raji. And then those receivers are going to, are going to play like they have the ability to play, which they still haven't done this year. And there's going to be a game this year where we're going to explode on somebody for fifty some points. And guess what, guys? We got it. We we got a half-assed decent defense this year. Where if we explode on somebody for fifty some points, we're going to win the game, not lose a close one. Exactly. That's what's impressive to me, guys. Is the very fact of you look at where we've been, and now we're starting to finally, you know, we have our good friend Dr. John Breen with right the ship. You're starting to see that we are riding the ship now. I really believe that. Uh, I've, and Coach Houston said, guys, that um, I was telling Kyle last last night um, that he said that each week this team is going to get better. You can't argue with that, considering where we were with Georgia State to where we are now. It's yeah. a completely different football team. I hate to say that like a cliche, but it is a different football team than we saw two weeks ago. Well, I think a lot of that's do with Rajay. I mean, I really do. I don't want to put too much on just one kid, and he's a freshman. You don't want to make his head too big. But I, I really think Rajay uh, is a difference maker. In this offense, guys, you have to run the ball. And if you can't run the ball in this offense, you're not going to be successful the way the way Houston wants to, to run it. And my preference is, you know, I'd have a more wide-open offense. But this offense can be successful if you have a good running game. And Roger Harris is an SEC quality back. He really is. And the O-line's getting better. And hopefully maybe we'll, we'll get some of the more experienced guys back over the off week. And uh, I, I think he's one of the biggest differences on the offensive side of the ball. I think if you look, you know, and I know Georgia State lost um, Wednesday night or Thursday night, but they put up 52 points in that loss. And then you look at South Florida this past week, they lost, but they put up 37 points. So, you look at what our defense did, even in that Georgia State game, we held them into the 30s. Um, and we really held them to less than that. I mean, because didn't they have a special team score? Or they, they, they got a no, they had holding through a pick six. Pick six, yes. So, the defense really held them to 20 because I'm not counting that last score. It was garbage time. Um, and, and, then, uh, and then you look at South Florida, we held them 17 points. You know, again, they had a garbage time touchdown. And they they dropped thirty some this week on, on Temple, 
So I think our defense, and you look at what they did yesterday, I think our defense is better than what we thought it was. I don't think our defense is nowhere near where we want it to be, but I think this is the best defense and it's getting better every week that we've had in a few years. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's going in the right direction. And I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't sold necessarily on the Blake Harrell hire. And I'm starting to come around on that. Uh, I, these guys move a lot. There's a lot of movement on the defense. They fly to the ball. We seem to be able to make adjustments in game. Um, so I think the future's bright on that side of the ball, too. I'm, you know, I'm I'm feeling good. You know, the, the one thing I'll say, in a recruiting standpoint, we got to get another back like Rajay because I, I nothing nothing against Penix, nothing against the rest of these backs, nothing against um uh the other freshmen who's playing right now. Mitchell, Mitchell, thank you, Keith Mitchell. He's a speed back, small guy. I, I really, unfortunately, hate to think you know what would happen to our offense if Rajay went down. I think he's that important to it. Um, I think we need another another back of his ilk, um, which ain't easy to come by. Um, and that's not, again, taking anything away from Keaton Mitchell or Darius Penix or, or anybody else. But I, uh, I, I'm i excited to see this this team going forward. Uh, you know, we got the off week and it may be a good time for it. Um, but I, I'm ready for the Tulsa game in two weeks. Hey, Bubba, I was yeah. going to mention that very fact that um, this gives us a chance to have the bye week. You have Tulsa. And one of the things, Bubba, I want to mention – right before Tulsa, just to get your thoughts. And maybe Kyle is a very fact of the one thing I'm impressed about with the staff. If you noticed yesterday, the depth that we have now that we haven't had in a long time, that really uh, was something I thought about during the game. Depth where? Well, just like D-line, you have the running back situation where, uh, where before we may have had, you know, like one guy that we were hoping could turn out. Now we have Raji, we have Mitchell, you have – uh, Mooney's had some health issues, but he's uh, coming back. You have Penix uh, that we still have. Yep. Uh, we've, we've got at least four guys that can run the football. And um, I don't know what the deal is with Hayden. Um, uh, one of the things is he's had trouble with uh, protecting the football and uh, fumbling a lot. Maybe that's why. But, uh, you know, you Hayden is somebody that uh, you've got a four or five quality backs in the, in the running back room right now. Yeah, and as far as Raji Harris, a little more on him. I mean, you look at him, um, my dad, and that was the first time he had, he had um, really seen him in, in person. And so, and, you know, Raji Harris, he, he was talking about and just the <clears> – he and Terry Gallagher were talking about just the size of his thighs and, and the way he's built for a true freshman. But um, 5'11", you know, 220 pounds, 225 pounds, and, and Raji's a – Raji's a load for sure, but he, he can hit the home run. We've seen it two weeks in a row, a 47-yard touchdown yesterday, took an 80 to the house. So, And then he had some tremendous runs, you know, four, five, six yards, where there, there may not have been a whole lot there or it was developing a little slowly. And Kyle and I were talking about this yesterday. Raji did a uh, – I don't know. Uh, are, you, are you guys hearing that popping? We have – it's a, yeah, but it's not that bad. Okay. But uh, Raji did a good job of keeping his feet going, keeping his shoulders square to the line of scrimmage. And then when a hole did open, he, he, he allowed his blocks to develop and made the most of what was there and ha had some uh, excellent runs. Yeah, he has the ability to create yards on his own and be patient. 
and, and find the and find the crease and you know and make something where there's not. Like I said, and this is not taking anything away from any of the rest of the backs and the depth they've talked about. We do have backs that that can make plays for us and can relieve Raji and um you know and particularly when the passing game's there. When the passing game's there, then you're gonna have more run lanes. But what Raji Harris is the type of kid who can do who he can he can make yards on his own and, and make no mistake about it, guys. I, I and again I'm not taking away from anybody else. This is not against any of the rest of the backs. This is not against the O line. This is not against the receivers. This is not against Garcia because he shouldn't even have had to been out there. If we didn't have Rajay yesterday, we wouldn't have been in that ball game. I firmly believe that. I believe that. You're right. The running game has been something, guys. Bubba, you know that. Uh, the running game has been something we've been talking about. How many years now? For, like Going back to that stat, I mean, the last five or six years, maybe seven, we haven't really had the running game we've wanted, and, and now we do. Yeah, no doubt, and um, that's one of the things we we went down twenty seven to thirteen in the in the third quarter yesterday. Um, well, we got our work cut out now for sure, and we we responded right away. Um, we hadn't had much of a passing game, but then that was when Raji produced an eighty yard touchdown run, and all of a sudden it's twenty seven twenty, and we're right back in the football game, feeling pretty good about things. And then the deep defense comes out and gets a stop. And uh, when the defense got that stop, they forced three and a half. Uh, we get the ball back with field position. We're going right down the field. Uh, we overcame one bad snap. Um, we, we have second and six down about the 15 or 16 yard line. Have another bad snap that puts us in third and 11. We can overcome it and have to settle for the field goal. And then uh, they are late, even though Navy wasn't able to produce a scoring drive. They had something like an 11-play, 11-play, um, 30-yard drive that consumed about six minutes, which created a situation there at the end where we were trying to go, you know, 80 or 85, well, I guess 75 yards in a matter of, you know, 20 or 30 seconds. Yeah, a couple things off that, Bubba. One, um, I, it was hard to tell whose fault the bad snaps were, whether it was on the center or the quarterback. Uh, on one of them, uh, Clip said that on the replay, watching on TV, that it looked like um, that uh, Garcia was talking to to uh, I don't know if it was Raji, I don't know who was in it running back at that time, but it looked like he was saying something, yelling something at the running back, and the center thought he said, you know, height. and uh, that's so I, I that's just you got the different quarterback, You're not used to his cadence and what he's saying, and center snapped it wrong. Um, I don't know what happened. Yeah. On I heard Coach Smith talking about that one, and that was one um, based on what I saw. That I think that was the one we overcame um, where, where it rolled back there, and then we ran yeah. for it with Garcia where he picked up three on fourth and two. Um, it, looked to, it looked to be where Fernando Fry started to snap it, and, and then it rolled back there because he tried to hold up. But in, yeah. in addition to that, in addition to that possession – um, there were other possessions on um, the, the time we well, had the. I got one. I got one. <laughs> uh, I probably know where you're going, Bubba. Um, when, uh, when, and, you know, I, I don't catch second guess Coach Houston on decisions too much, but that decision to go forward at about the 40 in the third quarter um, on fourth and two, uh, I, I was shocked and I was screaming at the top of my lungs pump the ball, pump the ball. Um, with, with some other adjectives, 
Um, I, I, I thought we could have flipped the field on them right there. Um, and to me, you did not want to give them a short field at that point in the ball game, um, despite how well the defense played. Um, and they came out yep. and scored. And uh, yep. you'd love to know what would happen had we punted there and planted them deep and went through the fourth quarter with a 20 to 13 ball game. Um, but it is what it is. Um, that play is it's another one that just, just you know, bothers me. Uh, it yeah. Really, it really don't fit Coach Houston's personality type. You know, he, he he's the kind of guy who, who I think would punt there most of the time. Um, it, it surprised me. And you talk about flipping the field. In, in the first half, we had the better of the field position for the most part. Um, we had three consecutive drives where we started in at Navy's 44-yard line or in, inside of Navy's 44. And on those three possessions, we had 10 marks out of a possible 21. Um, the, the one that really hurt us was obviously the blocked field goal. I think it was only about a 31-yarder that got blocked. Yeah. But uh, that that one came to mind. And then you referenced the third quarter situation. I mean, we lost the, the battle of the field position there. Um, we came out, got possession in the ball. Um, with the game tied there, coming out of halftime, had the ball right about midfield after getting a couple of quick first downs, one one by a Raji run and then also one by a pass interference call. And then uh, when we put the ball on the ground and you saw that play out and or that affect how things played out through the remainder of that quarter as Navy put a couple of uh, back-to-back scoring drives together. We, we stopped them initially. But then on our next possession, we go three and out. Garcia got stacked inside the 10-yard line. Uh, John Young did get off a good punt, but then they still got the ball at the 40-yard line. And they had a couple of big runs on the dive, and then they had had a more methodical drive where, where Tiger Gosselin was in there. And they went 11 or 12 plays for about 55 or 60 yards. And that's when we were in that two-touchdown hole that we already referenced there late in the third quarter. You know, whatever happened to the punt hitting the ground and rolling, it seems like everybody fair catches punts now. You, you remember back in the day, you know, a few years back, punts would kind of hit the ground and roll. That never seems to happen hardly anymore in college football. Everybody's gotten good at finding out how to, to fair catch the damn ball or catch it and return the punt. I, I, I wonder, that's just something I thought of. Remember the call yeah. for punt? That's gone too. That never happens. You made my mind, Kyle. Um, that's definitely um... – and it seems to be that way. It'd be nice to have some numbers to see if we're accurate on that. And it's certainly one of the qualities of a good punt returner to be willing to step up there and catch the football. But I think it has something to do with uh, the the coffin corner kind of being a lost art. Yep. Um, I think the main time you see punt to hit and roll now, or uh, of course uh, when you have a rugby punter. Yeah, I know, I, and we have one. I, and nothing against Young; he does a good job, but. I wouldn't mind seeing the uh, the Australian out there and um, see that damn ball roll some and get a bounce and I don't I don't know um, I, something else I I had thought of and uh, it just slipped my brain as I was saying it so I'll pretend like I cut out and hadn't said anything. <laughs> Bubba Dave, I'm here. Yeah, I, I had a thought that it escaped my brain, guys. So uh, you guys carry on while I'm trying to remember the point. Oh, I, was gonna make. Oh, I thought you, I thought you meant that you were coming right back. Uh, so, yeah. So for me personally, um, another thing, guys, that just uh, sets up nicely for 
um, having, I think it's great that we have, it's perfect that we have two weeks. For I got, I got my thought. I got my thought back, Dave. Okay, go um, ahead. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the fourth down play, um, Navy, uh, the, the, the play there on the drive where they extended their drive on their last offensive possession, fourth and two. Uh, I'm not sure he got it. I, I thought he was short um, by a couple of inches. Um, you can't challenge it there. I, I don't even know. Maybe we had one timeout, two timeouts. We needed our timeout, so I understood Houston not challenging it. I knew they weren't going to review it because reviewing a spot is something that normally is going to come from a challenge. Um, but I, 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 there wasn't a scrum, so I think it could have been reviewed. Um, and you could have seen if he'd have got it because, like I said, there wasn't a big scrum. Um, I, I, I wasn't 100% sure he got the first down there. What about y'all? Guys, I lost you there for a moment. Which which scenario were you talking about? The the last offensive possession for Navy when they picked up the fourth and two. I'm right. not 100 sure he picked up that first down. And and I and I know you know most of the time a, a spot review is going to come from a challenge. They you know, they don't right. review spots very much on their own, and you kind of you need your timeouts there. But there wasn't a scrum. I think you could have reviewed that because I think you could yeah. see. I, I'm not 100 sure he got it. I saw several Pirate fans uh, tweeting about it, um, saying that and that he was short. And uh, I saw actually I saw Holt Nailers <laughs> tweeting saying that review that spot, review that spot. He's short. Um, once they marked the football, um, I, I was sitting pretty high up at that point, um, right at the fifty yard line. So I ran over a few seats and and to get it. Uh, head on look at it, and I, I knew that he had picked it up. But yeah, as far as the spotting of the ball, not having the luxury of a replay, I'm I'm not sure. But uh, I, know, I know a lot of folks were saying, including Dave, that um, it was a poor spot. Yeah, I think it was, and you know, I, I think you could have reviewed that. And I understand why Houston didn't challenge it because you need those timeouts at that point in the game. But well, I tell you what, if you get the ball back right there, you're in business. You know, that was around midfield. Um, that could have been a dramatic ending for East Carolina. Um, but it's what it is again, man. You, you, boy, that, that, you pretty, might uh, that one back. And if, uh, you wonder what happens, if you uh, get what happened for us you. was it was at least a half a yard, a yard short. We were in the press box. You could clearly see he didn't make it, but what do you do? Well, you can review it. You can challenge it. Yeah, it's but, a pretty, pretty gutsy call by Kenny Matalola. Yeah, I was, and I tell you what, though, it, we get the that, ball that, back that, right that's there. One, uh, we're, we're probably not in that situation if Holton's playing, but but that's but that's um, immaterial, irrelevant. But uh, he, I seriously doubt he would go for that uh, had we had Holton Aylers uh, at quarterback, and you know, been in that same situation. But that's just something something that uh, one of those hypotheticals that kind of came to mind. You know what I call if, if we stop them there? I uh, play action to Roger Harris and I go deep <laughs> and see if it's there. See if it's there. I, I bet it would have been. Oh, <laughs> but I, I I would have loved to have seen what would have happened, how things would have played out had we uh, had we uh, been awarded the stop. I'm not even gonna say if we'd have gotten the stop because I'm not convinced we didn't. Um, if we'd have been awarded the stop and uh. Got the ball back there around midfield, and we, we could have had some magic in Dowdy Pickman yesterday. Yeah, that was a yeah, frustrating. 
It was. You imagine how many people had had we won that game, like you know, on the last second drive, going down the field. You imagine how many people over the years would have lied and said, "Oh yeah, I was at that game." Yeah, that was that was no question about that. Typical death drive if you fear against Navy, because like I said, they were only picking up about three yards of play, but they were doing enough to move the chains yeah. two or three times. Uh, Eleven plays for like thirty yards, and if thirty yards. It consumed yeah. about six minutes off the clock. Three yards on first down is normally good um, against most offenses. You need to hold them to zero to two yards on first down because they will go forward on fourth down. And uh, if they get three, 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 they got a first down. So they, they don't mind getting three yards every time because they'll get three yards on fourth down also. Um, and that's why I say first down is key against them. And you saw it several times yesterday. Or on first down, we held them to one yard, two yards, or zero yards. Or if you have the fact that you have where it's a, a, a TFL, uh, yeah. you stop them behind the line, then you got where there might be a second sure. down and 12. That's even better. That's even better. And speaking of making things happen behind the line of scrimmage, how about yesterday uh, we, we forced those two turnovers um, right there in the first a quarter and a half. So yeah. you know, Malik, Malik Fleming, uh, Navy had a little bit going. They had hit um, Carruthers on a pass over the middle. And I had a good field position, and they went and went play action. And um, Malik Fleming uh, was really the only person that looked like the pass was intended for him, and made a nice catch and got us a turnover there early. And then we also had a fumble down in the red zone. Um, we definitely did a lot of the things um, that you would need to do to, to beat Navy. We just didn't, we just didn't, uh, didn't capitalize on some of those opportunities once we created the miskies. Yeah, you, you know those guys were coached yes, to, to get off to a fast start because we did yesterday and just unfortunately didn't have our um, all our all our all our weapons on offense. And uh, you know, I could not take full advantage. You know, I I I, I think. And you keep you hate to keep harping on this, but and I, and I don't want anybody to think we're, we're picking on Garcia because we're not. But if we'd have had Holton, man, I really believe halftime would have been like 20, 24 7 at worst, 24 13, something like that. Guys, we, we, we got the off week coming up here. Um, we have a chance to approve on things, have a chance to, to get guys back that are, that are, uh, in quarantine and in contact tracing and, uh, and get ready to take on Tulsa in two weeks. Do, do you guys know if Tulsa plays this coming weekend? I'm not sure. They... After yesterday's uh, Cincinnati game getting postponed. But I do think it's while we're researching that about Tulsa, I do think the the off week comes at a good time for us um, because you're coming off a game where you're probably pretty beat up in the trenches um, yep. going, go, going against Navy with the cut blocks and so forth. And then you also have Holton having missed the last three days, four days of practice. So that gives him an opportunity to, you know, get back into the swing of things before going out to take on a very talented Tulsa thing. Yeah, and he's going to have to quarantine for 10 days. He tested positive and they wouldn't retest him. So right. he's going to have to quarantine for 10 yeah. days. So, you know, you started on Monday, I'm assuming. So, he should be out there Wednesday or Thursday. So, that's uh, – Yeah, so, so it gives Holton the chance to potentially be available against Tulsa is what I should have said. He, well, he will be. I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> I got a feeling as soon as he can be out there, he will. And, uh, <laughs> and, and there won't be any re reacclimating period because he ain't sick. So, right. Um, I mean, he'll, he, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stop he's, there. He's still going to be working. Another thing, guys, he's still going to be working on his individual game. Plus sure. he's all, he can work on all that kind of stuff. And as far as the film, I mean, he he'll be uh, he'll be he's working on he's working on Tulsa today. So um, for anybody that thinks that he's going to be rusty and like you said, Kyle, he's not coming off an injury. He's not sick. He doesn't have COVID. And uh, we need to uh, one thing to address. I don't think I didn't hear you guys address it yet. We need to find out with the league what we can do to change the uh, the rule when it yeah. comes to COVID nineteen. We need to find out if that was a league policy or a school policy not to retest. Right. And uh, whatever that is, that needs to be changed. Um, you know, yesterday you saw on the sidelines in the SEC, they will retest you to make sure it wasn't a false positive, and uh, they were they were playing uh, they were playing. Um, the uh, Alabama had Nick Saban on the sidelines. What I'm trying to say, so um, you know, uh, but unfortunately, we weren't allotted that same opportunity with our quarterback. But Lord Saban was able to take a couple more tests, so he was negative, and uh, be on the sidelines for the Crimson Tide. And by the way, uh, what what happened to the SEC playing defense? Man, Alabama they just decided to to they're just going to join the ranks of outscore everybody. It's called COVID nineteen. I think that's really played. I think it's hurt the defense more than it has the offense. Yeah, I guess. But uh, it's it's shootouts everywhere in the SEC, and uh, not not used to seeing that with uh, schools like Alabama not really playing any defense. Everybody kind of you know getting the shootouts. And speaking of the national scene, uh, Tar Heels number five in the country, number five no more as they go to Tallahassee. Uh, Florida State jumps up big on them. And um, UNC makes a comeback, but the Seminoles hold on to win 31-28. to 28. So, congratulations to Coach Ravel and the Knowles. Uh, you, you couldn't have picked a better game to get your, uh, to get your, to get your offense going. <laughs> and guess what, guys? Ronnie, well, we got to give credit to Ronnie Warward of the Daily Reflector. He was talking about that 97 Mac Brown team that was number five in the nation. They went down and lost to Florida State. Mac Brown's alma mater obviously is Florida State. He still has not beat – his alma mater, and I give a tip of my hat to Ronnie Woodward. He called it yesterday in pregame on Pirate Radio. So shout out to Ronnie. You called it. We'll 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 give you credit for it, brother. Yeah, obviously. Hey guys, getting back, getting back to Tulsa, and Tulsa does play uh, next week. They they play a Friday night game at USF. Uh, so okay. back back to back Friday night games for uh, Coach Montgomery's club. Okay, that'll be interesting to watch them play Friday night against the Bulls um, as we uh, prepare for them for a Friday night game against the Pirates. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that that good and good pointing that out that uh, that game is a Friday night uh, in Tulsa. So we're going back to back Saturdays with no Pirate football, but uh, that's all right. Give you something to do. Maybe uh, take a take a nice weekend trip up to the mountains, enjoy the fall. But uh, it's a uh, it's a Friday night game. Under the lights there in Tulsa, uh, Friday after next, and at least it means we get pirate football sooner. It means we don't have to, you know, with the off week with us playing on a Friday night, it gets here a little faster. Yeah, we have the Friday night with, so we have the Friday night at Tulsa. We come back a Saturday home 
against Tulane. And then, guys, we'll have the uh, Friday night game at Cincinnati. You remember that was – I think that was a yeah. Thursday, that was a Thursday night game. They moved to Friday night. So, that would give us an extra day, which is good too, Cal. Yeah. So, we got uh, – we got we got that, and then uh, you know if we're going to finish out the the rest of the schedule as it sits right now, uh, we we would close the season out uh, at home against SMU, but uh, that could change. We may have Marshall added for that first weekend in December. You, you could add uh, if, if Marshall couldn't play, we could add somebody else that first weekend in December. Um, if we keep improving, um, I'd like to see the season go out be extended as much as possible. So if we keep improving each week and playing well, I'd like to see us play somebody. Uh, that first week in December, whether it's Marshall or somebody else. No question about it. You look at with uh, Coach Houston. Let me give you a, a shout-out to Kyle because you called it about wouldn't it be great if uh, we played Marshall at the end of the season, especially the way we started the beginning of the season. We didn't have them week zero. That's probably a blessing in disguise. We'll probably most likely get them on December 5th. Uh, both John Gilbert and Mike Hamrick, former athletic director of the Pirates, want to play that game. I think it'll be – I really – until until we see not, I think we, we can pretty much go ahead and found, uh, plan on a game at Dowdy Fick in December 5th. It, it'll be interesting, uh, and I'll tell you why. If Marshall's undefeated and playing for the conference championship, um, I think that's been moved to the 19th now, or the 18th of December, the conference USA championship. If they're undefeated and playing for that conference championship game December 18th, and then we continue to improve, but maybe, you know, we have three or four wins, um, but we're playing really good football. I don't know if I'm Marshall. I want to play that game. You know, you, you don't want to. You don't want to go on the road and play a game you don't have to play and ruin an undefeated season. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if that game gets played. Uh, I, I think it's. I think it's a good possibility it's going to get played, but it hasn't been announced yet. And the no. American, the, the Conference USA Championship game has been moved officially from December 5th, and uh, we know we're not going to be playing for the American Conference Championship. Um, so. Uh, the fact that there's been no formal announcement just yet, uh, it's a little surprising to me. Um, I would expect that to be coming in the next couple of weeks if we're going to play that game. And guys, if we can get some more wins, uh, a few more wins, which I think we will, we would have a outside shot. Don't you think at playing in a bowl game? Well, I, you know, that's, that ruling should be coming down in the next week or so about how, how they're going to handle the bowl, uh, selection for this year, what the win requirement is going to be. Or if there's going well, to be a win requirement. It already, already, it already yeah. came out. Okay, so what is the guidelines? They don't have any – they didn't put any limits on the number of – because of, I guess, the so people anybody, it. So they, they didn't put any guidelines on it at all. So I didn't see the number of wins. Whole, they don't have it up there, yeah. Yeah. What I saw, there is no minimum win, win requirement. So uh, you could – like we had discussed several weeks back. Is there back, a pecking order, Bubba? Did they come out with a pecking order where you, they got to take the There may be, but I have, not, I have not seen it. Okay. Well, we need to research that a little bit because I know I, that ruling was coming this month. Yeah. I think that's that may have been what Dave was kind of getting at. Uh, it, you know, if we win four or five ball games, you know, the more wins you have, obviously, the better, the better position we're going to be in to go to a, a better bowl. Sure, you know, but you never know what matchups people want to see. You know, there you, you could have like an undefeated Coastal Carolina team down in Conway, South Carolina, who who wants to play, who's begging the team to get a regional opponent, and uh, who knows, you could you could have the Pirates traveling down there just because uh, that's who they want to play. Um, so that's uh, that's interesting. I, I we need to do some research on that and see if there's a packing order. Um, 
I, you know, looking at the remainder of the schedule, I'm going to be honest with you, with five games to go, and as tough as the schedule is, I think we went two out of our last five and finished three and six, you know, and, and again, maybe we'll play one more. Uh, but I really think that that wouldn't be – I wouldn't look at that as being unsuccessful. People may sneer at three and six, but as tough as the schedule is, um, yep. you win two out of these next five, they're going to be good wins. Um, and if we could somehow win three and finish four and five, um, that would be huge. Uh, then I say let's definitely find a game for the first weekend in December and see if we can finish 500, whether yeah, it's Marshall or, uh, or, or Western Carolina or anybody. Kyle, that's a great point about Coastal, though. Um, um, they have some very challenging games remaining. We'll see how they finish up. But um, with the start, they're off on um, you know winning, I guess, 4-0 now after that win down at Louisiana. Yeah, Coastal um, – a lot of a lot of pirate fans in the past, you know, you, you'd laugh at the thought of going down there to play in the Myrtle Beach Bowl against Coastal Carolina. But uh, this this year, uh, with the team that Coastal has, that would be that would be awesome to to have a have a young team like we have to get the opportunity to play an extra football game against uh, a, a ranked football team, possibly. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, one is playing in the twenty practices too, right, guys? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's a big thing. You get another fifteen practices. Yeah, and so it's it, it, it's you know it's a lot of a lot of ball between now and then, but it's an interesting scenario to put us in. And I would imagine, I I, I would have to think, even if it's not on the table, the conferences are going to send the teams with the winning records to bowl first. But after that, it's going to be a cluster because how are you going to sit here and tell me? that a four-win East Carolina team or even a three-win East Carolina team that played a full schedule isn't just as deserving as going to a bowl game as a three-and-three three MAC team that only played six games. So, that's, that's exactly my point. That's exactly my point, Kyle, that I was going to say earlier is the very fact that uh, these teams that started uh, conferences that started later, um, then that was on them for starting later. Um, yeah, and you got some of these different... bowl games, and you got some of these bowl games that, if the dates aren't changed, they're going to be playing around the time the MAC is ending their season. So, I mean, the, the, you know, the, there could definitely be some opportunities here. You know, if we're playing well at the end of the season, to find ourselves in a bowl, no matter what our record is. Um, so, I know that's you know we're, we're we're sitting here in October, but hey, you know what? Why not talk about it? The great thing I heard from Coach Houston yesterday, guys, that had me like so pumped up, he said the guys yesterday when they were in that locker room expected to win. Yes, and they did. The I know time, that. I can watch that time we, in the game, Dave. Yeah, I, I when's the last need, time we – I'm sorry, I was just going to say, when's the last time, time we had that? Win? Yeah. Uh, against somebody like Navy? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. 2015. Yeah, maybe I mean, maybe the beginning of the 2016 season when we beat yeah. NC State before they lost their confidence. It's been a long time. Um, I, I could look and tell watching that game that those guys expected to win that game. Um, you know, before Coach Houston even said it. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch Coach Houston's post game comments, uh, take a moment to do so. You can find it on our Facebook page, Sports Objective Facebook, and uh, it's it's definitely. Definitely worth watching. Um, he's very emotional. Uh, you can hear that it was an emotional week and an emotional game for him. 
And um, I think he wanted it bad. I think the kids wanted it bad. And unfortunately, just came up a bit short. But I think it's a growing moment. And, uh, you know, I know Tulsa's got a pretty damn good defense. But um, I'm excited for that game. I mean, uh, I wish we could play them next week, even though it's a good time for the off week. Um, nothing against Tulsa. Tulsa just beat UCF. And they got a very good defense. But nothing would surprise me at this point. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we find a way to beat Tulsa even though they beat our brains in last year. Can you imagine beating Tulsa? And they want that one bad, too. And then you have home to Tulane. And then at Cincinnati, I mean, you could you could win two out of the next three, potentially. You know, I don't think we match up too good with, with Tulane. Um, and the reason I say that is because their D-line is really good. And um, that's the strength of their ball club. Our O-line needs to continue to improve. Um, I know a lot of people look at that two-lane game and say, last one we can win. Sure, we can win it. But I think from a matchup situation, two-lane is not our best matchup. I I think if you look at somebody, let's say, like SMU, um, SMU does not play good defense. They cannot stop the run. I said that last night. They can't stop the run. Um, They can score, but our defense will continue to improve. Uh, Don't be surprised. Watch and see, man. Uh, It'd be interesting to see what will happen. You, maybe you got a one loss or an undefeated SMU team coming in, ready for the conference championship game, last game of the regular season, playing a East Carolina team with a couple three wins. You never know what can happen a lot between now and that game. But uh, just remember, I, I said that here on the uh, Sports Objective today. Yeah, I think we'll we'll definitely win one of the remaining two home games. Uh, which which yeah. one it will be? I, I certainly see your logic there. Um, Maybe that Tulane game will be a game where uh, if we aren't as effective running the football as we've been the last two, um, maybe Holton in the passing game will step up like you mentioned earlier. But um, kind of getting back, we talked about the individual performances on the offensive side of the ball, and we talked about the defense's performance as a whole. Um, A point that I wanted to make or some individual performances I want to call attention to, you had Xavier Smith who's been a – um, tremendous leader up to this point in the season, uh, 15 tackles yesterday. And then you had the play. My dad and I were commenting on the play of number 45, Rick Diabreu, uh, or Diabreu. I've heard it pronounced both ways by coaches. So what is the uh, official pronunciation? Uh, I'm not sure. But, Where are they uh, Rick from? Diabreu, Rick, Rick Diabreu, I'll go with that. Um, he um, had 10 tackles and was all over the place yesterday. And that, that's a ton of tackles uh, for defensive linemen. Uh, and, and Where's he from, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Uh, okay. uh, I don't recall exactly. And uh, and then you also had the play of Chris Willis, the App State grad transfer, who um, very excited to have him for a couple years now, assuming he will make the decision to come back next year. He had nine tackles and a sack yesterday. Yeah, uh, I think he should. I, you know, I think that kid uh, is good enough that um, he keeps putting up big numbers this year, come back next year, and he can find himself in a position to uh, maybe make some money playing at some level, if not in the NFL and in Canada. Um, so, uh, yeah, come on come on back next year. You, you, you can have yet another year of eligibility, uh, Chris. So, hey, guys, what about the uh, – I was going to talk about the play of the linebackers, too. You know, Aaron Ramsour, I know he had right. the – well, his uh, injury was against, remember, USF last year, and he has come back. I, th- I mean, think about – I was thinking about this uh, a few days like, ago. Right. That torn ACL is usually like it used to be back in the day. 
like almost a career in, ending injury kind of thing. And now, and what is it, eight, nine months later, he bam, you know, he's like the short period of time he was ready to rock and roll. Yeah, he's played great the last two weeks. Aaron Rams was playing really good football in the uh, middle of the field there at linebacker for us and it, comes up and makes plays. Uh, two very good games last two weeks. And getting back to uh, Rick Abreu, Johnny Gardner chimed in. Uh, I was thinking he was from Virginia, Johnny, but I wanted to double-check that, and he is uh, he's from Chester, Virginia. Okay, that really doesn't help me with the pronunciation of his name, <laughs> Virginia. Um, but uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say Diabreu also because Diabreu sounds weird, so I'm gonna go with Diabreu. And if it's Diabreu, then I apologize for saying it sounds weird. <laughs> but something, I know we talked about that uh, North Carolina Florida State game. Uh, what were some other games on a national level? Uh, be it, you know, a top 25 matchup or just some other good football games that stood out for you guys yesterday? Well, Alabama-Georgia, obviously, was a shootout. Alabama got the W. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot because being at our game and then uh, on the road back home, stopped and got some dinner before we came home. Hook and Reel, by the way, official sponsor of the sports night was not, but Hook and Reel in Greenville, guys, if you had not tried it and you, like a, and you like a Cajun bull or a low country bull, check it out. Um, but nonetheless, uh, other games that stuck out to me, if you go back all week, um, Houston and BYU Friday night was a lot of fun. Uh, SMU Tulane Friday night was a lot of fun, both very close ball games. BYU is the real deal. Um, Tulane almost upset SMU, lost in overtime. The Sunbelt games in the middle of the week between uh, Louisiana, or excuse me, between um, Arkansas State and um, Georgia State was a shootout 59 to 52. Coastal Carolina won an instant classic against Louisiana Lafayette. We talked about the way Coastal's playing. Uh, those are the games I watched more this week, this weekend. Um, UCF Memphis, guys. How have we not talked about that? Uh, yeah. UCF, <laughs> wow. UCF, UCF Memphis was an absolute shootout in the American back and forth, back and forth. At one point in the fourth, uh, UCF went up by two touchdowns, and Memphis said, nah, we're not having none of that. And uh, just just kept right on scoring fifty nine fifty to forty nine. Um, it was uh, UCF missed field goal, and uh, Memphis holds on for the vic and fifty to forty nine. Exciting game. Memphis Memphis and, and UCF always seem to play exciting football games. Yeah, UCF was up thirty four fourteen early in the second half, and you look at some of the numbers. From that game, uh, talk about video game numbers as you would guess with a fifty to forty nine final score. And how about Dylan Gabriel, UCS quarterback, thirty five of forty nine, six hundred and one yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions, and loses. Yeah, that's that'll make you throw up. Um, and then for Memphis, you had Brady White, thirty four of fifty, four eighty six, and six touchdowns, no interceptions. That's that's efficient. That's efficient offense and piss poor pass defense. Um, I uh, that is the first time UCF has lost two games in a row since 2016. Um, their fan base will be freaking out. Um, it's still a very good football team. Something UCF needs to keep in mind: they're not trying to win a division this year. If they finish second in the league, they can still play for the championship. You're going to have one and two, so uh, they can still control some of their destiny to a point. Uh, Memphis already has a loss in league. Uh, SMU undefeated. Um, I, I don't know if UCF plays Memphis, and if they do, it will, or UCF plays SMU, and at what point in the season they do. But uh, 
it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out, who, who's going to end up playing for the conference championship this year. Obviously, Cincinnati has something to say in that, too. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how the conference race. And another thing, guys, I wanted to talk about with American is we talk about it on a regular basis, but again, yesterday is how evenly balanced the league has become. It used to be pretty much just UCF and everybody else maybe throw in there um, a Memphis, but there's a lot of quality, including our football team, for next year, for 21 and 22. Um, there's a lot of great football in America now. Well, I think it's been that way the whole time. It was just about a two-year run there where UCF was just a little hit of everybody. But, you know, you've had Memphis rolling for a while. You know, they're on their third hit coach, and it's because people have been hiring them away. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, Luke Fickle's had that going for a couple years now. Um, and SMU, obviously, has taken it to the next level with uh, Sonny Dykes down there. And then uh, Houston uh, was rolling for a while. They kind of took a step down. and yeah. They're they're back up this year. They lost to BYU Friday night, but they're they're a pretty good football team. I mean, uh, the, the the thing about this league this year is they're the the bottom of the league. You know, which unfortunately you still got to include East Carolina in that. And South Florida, uh, you know, there's no UConn. Uh, you know, look, South Florida almost beat Temple yesterday. Um, I mean, the, the bottom the, the league, the bottom of the league has came up, and part of that is losing UConn. But East Carolina is rising. South Florida is the other team kind of at the bottom. My guess as the season plays out, you know, Temple will find itself down there. You, you project Tulsa to be towards the bottom, and they've already upset UCF. So I, I, I maybe that's what you're alluding to. The bottom of the league is strong. Yeah. Um, so there's really not a, there's really not a gimme win in this league. There's there's not a a game in this league right now where you can go. That's an easy win. Yeah, that that get used to be UConn, like we were saying. I mean, yeah, UConn used to be, the, used to be, used to be East Carolina also, and uh, it's not anymore. Um, and people that thought South Florida was going to be that, uh, you know, like I said, they 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 really, you know, could have easily beaten Temple yesterday. So, uh, and that's another one. You you want to look at games out there that are still potential wins for the Pirates? Uh, um, I'm I'm very interested in that matchup with Temple in Philadelphia. I wish it was in Greenville. Um, but uh, that that should be a fun one when we play the Owls. No doubt, guys. So that one's uh, one that they've had our number for, what, the last five, six years? 2014 on, right? Ever since we've been in the league with them, yeah, we haven't beat them yet. So uh, that's, uh, that's another one that uh, would be another big moment is to go find a way to beat the Owls. I mean, that 2014 game when we're – ranked, I think, 16th um, in the college football playoff. And we go up there, and it's raining. You have multiple fumbles that day. I forgot it was like, what was it, like five turnovers that day? It was god-awful, considering that was uncharacteristic yep. for a Shane Carden team. No, no doubt. And, uh, you know, uh, Temple looks like this year they're doing things a little different. Their defense is struggling, but they can score some points. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. That game's still a few weeks out. Um but be interesting to see how that plays out when we travel to the city of brotherly love. No doubt about it. I think that on one of these days I'll learn, I'll learn how to unmute myself. <laughs> but uh, one, one, the uh, like Coach Houston said, we were talking about earlier in the show about how this team is going to get better each and every week. Well, um, if we're playing like this or even better, 
um, by the end of this the season, then look out for anybody that uh, we're going to play in November. Not knocking anybody in November because it's a really tough schedule. But like you said, Kyle, there could be a couple teams that we sneak up on. And then if you have a, another game you schedule or if you schedule that Marshall game, you, you might find yourself where you're four and six, five and five and in the hunt for a bowl game. And can you imagine after all this program has been through, if we could somehow find a way to go to a bowl? Yeah, whether, you know, no matter what the record is, if that happens this year or we're playing good football at the end of the year and somebody invites us, then uh, it would be great. But, um, you know, first things first. I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to the Tulsa game. And, uh, you know, we got the off week to get through first and we'll have to find ways to amuse ourselves next weekend without pirate football. Hey, by the way, guys, I don't know if we, we talked about this early on a little bit. Um how great it was to be in the stadium for the handful of us that were able to be there. Uh, to, to it, it did not feel like a normal game day, but at times it did. Uh, it was it was just good to sit out there and, and watch the Pirates play and beautiful weather. Um, it was uh it was it was just nice to be there and um and and have uh it, like I said it didn't feel normal but uh it uh it, it was cool. Yeah, the very fact that we actually were. Um, I felt like Kyle I told you this last night. The fact that I felt like if we had the twelfth uh, man there, if we had the fans there, we could have won the game with even with uh, the situation we had. I really felt like that was a missing factor as well. Yeah, there's times that could have made a difference. Sure, um, you know when uh, Raji uh, ran that was the eighty yard, well, eighty one yard, maybe, stuff like uh, that. Maybe on that play where. Uh, it's fourth and two, and that crowd's going crazy. Maybe it's uh, that's enough to 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 get the spot right. Exactly, because <laughs> that there's I'm telling you guys, it was at least a half a yard to yard sh- short, and next thing you know, it was it was a first down, and they were they were doing that all day long. But again, once we start winning, we'll start getting the spots, you know, or we'll get in other words where uh, it'll be more in our favor. Yeah, no, no doubt. You know, the Navy's been a, a perennial favorite in the league, and um, I'm not sure that they're the the Navy that we saw a couple years ago, but um, but they're certainly a good team. And with, uh, they're, they're a good team, and they're three and zero in the league. And uh, we're talking about who's going to play for the conference championship. Uh, you know, the midshipmen are three and zero, so you never know. No doubt. So that's what's going to be hurting even more is um, the very fact that we could have that could have been one of the teams that we got payback on and that we got the win just like we got USF last week. Um, but you know what? There's more teams on the if you, the way we played the last few years. There's a lot of teams we owe, and um, so that's why you play. And Coach Houston talked about that yesterday. There's a lot of football left. So the people that are probably out there screaming were one and three. Well, there's definitely the second half of the season coming up and we don't even know if we're going to have Marshall or we'll have another game for 10 games and so just to have I mean we're two we're most likely going to be two games short of what we normally have so the fact that we have I think it's a win I was telling Terry Gallagher yesterday afternoon I think it's a win just to have football to watch right now (laughs) because it looked like for a time there that we were not going to play football this season yeah no, no doubt. I, I'm, I'm glad there's football to be played and football to watch. And, uh, 
and uh, there should be at least a couple more wins out there uh, before the season's over. All right, guys. Uh, I tell you what, very excited. We'll have. Um, I know Bubba. We've got a big week as far as the sports objective coming up, and um, we'll try to see if we can get. Uh, there's one guest that I told both of you off the air. We'll try to get. We won't have our traditional. Obviously, pirate preview because there's not one, so there's nothing to preview. But we will have a Thursday show, and on Tuesday night we got a big show, don't we, Bubba? Yeah, college basketball season is getting cranked up, and we had East Carolina basketball's virtual media day on Thursday, so we have that on um, YouTube as well as Facebook, uh, also Anchor and SoundCloud. Go back and check out that video and audio if you have not already done so. You hear from Coach Dooley for about 20 minutes, and it was really a rapid-fire session, guys. Um, a lot of questions were answered during that 20 minutes. And then you also had Jaden Gardner, Brandon Suggs, Kristen Newton, uh, and Noah Farrakhan. Uh, very talented team. Um, essentially, everybody's returning. All, all that production is back. Uh, so we're look, looking forward to hopefully uh, another step in the right direction. Uh, and hopefully we'll find a way to get into the middle of the AAC standings this year. Um, but on Tuesday night, we'll hear from Chris Batola. And Chris Patola is what is the uh, son-in-law? Is is that right? And son-in-law yes. of Mike Mike Shishetsky? Yeah, he's the third. Uh, Mike Shishetsky has three daughters. It's the youngest daughter, Jamie, and um, he's married to her. He's actually like Coach K. He's a graduate of West Point. He's a, a cadet from Army, and uh, obviously he wants to beat Navy. So, uh, but anyway, we'll have him, and uh, also our good friend from Pirate Illustrated. Mark Lindsay, and I think we're working on a third guest that'll be uh, interesting for Pirate Nation. So uh, we'll have a big Tuesday night, and then we're working on Thursday's show as well as we speak. So it's going to be a great week, even though we don't have a Pirate uh, game to preview and a Pirate game, unfortunately. We'll still have a great week of shows, and um, I'm sure we'll have, uh, obviously, Bubba inside the slant, so we'll do that in a college football playback um, this weekend as well. well. We'll also have the inside slant. The inside slant, yeah. Inside the slant. What do you do if you get inside the slant, uh, uh, Dave? The inside slant. I got used to it. I was going to do a t- – we we're going to name it initially a tailgate show. That would be a lot easier for me to say. But anyway. Um, inside the slant. <laughs> inside the slant. <laughs> All right. What do you guys have come, What do you guys have before we go? Um. Well, I'm excited about inside the slant. And uh, besides that, I got nothing. All right. What about you, Bubba? Just hang in there, Pirate Nation. I know yesterday was another frustrating setback, but it was a frustrating setback of a different type. Um, you see the progress. You see we're headed in the right direction. Believe in Mike Houston and this coaching staff and know that brighter days are ahead. I concur with you on that. I, I feel like that Mike Houston people yesterday, um, I don't know how many people are going to be calling for Mike Houston's head. If you can't, like, again, if you don't see the progress that this nah. – team is making then you need to just uh, find another I, I, I really didn't see a lot of negative reactions yesterday to be honest which is good yeah yeah i'm just saying that i don't think there is now a, like maybe a couple uh weeks but we'll uh we'll get that done guys and um well, i'll tell you what we'll have fun this week enjoy yourselves and kyle i'm glad you had a big birthday week sure and uh big 40 kyle's 40 now all right. right, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys on Tuesday nights. We'll have a big show. Until the meantime, you've been watching and listening to 
the sports objective, the Pirate Playback, as Pirates lose 27-23 to Navy. And we'll see you next time right here on the Sports Objective. As always, go Pirates!